1: and I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Citigroup reporting first quarter profit that beat analyst estimates joining big U.S. rivals and slashing costs more than anticipated amid a trading and deal-making slump. Its shares are up about 2.7 percent this morning. Oil's falling for a third day before major suppliers meet in Doha to discuss an output freeze and U.S. stock index futures are lower. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 3.5 points. Dow E-mini futures down 24. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 9. The DAX in Germany is down half 10-year Treasury up 5.30 seconds. The yield 1.77%. Yield on the two-year, 0.75%. NYMEX crude oil down 2.7% or $1.12 to $40.38 a barrel. And COMEX Gold is up half percent or $5.67. To 3210 an ounce. The euro, $1, a dollar twelve seventy-nine. The yen, one hundred eight point nine six. Watching Schwab earnings, they're crossing the Bloomberg first quarter profit, meeting analyst estimates again. That's Charles Schwab. Regions Financial's first quarter profit beat analyst estimates by one cent. It shares up more than four percent this morning. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
2: Karen, uh, thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. It is eight forty-eight on Wall Street.
0: The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists.
3: I'm Ramesh Panuru, a columnist for Bloomberg View. There are now three parts to the Republican nomination contest. The candidates have to win votes in the remaining primaries to maximize the number of delegates who will vote for them on the first ballot. They have to influence delegate selection to get unbound delegates votes. And they have to get delegates who are not with them to support them if their preferred candidate fades. Donald Trump has put nearly all his effort into winning primaries, but he's done so much worse than previous frontrunners that he now has to make a late start at wrangling delegates. Ted Cruz has excelled at influencing delegate selection, but if he does not show marked improvement on a second ballot, a lot of delegates might start looking elsewhere. That's John Kasich's hope. His best shot is if the convention balloting lasts beyond two rounds and the delegates decide that he is the most electable of the candidates who ran in all the primaries. Each of the three candidates is thus emphasizing a different part of the contest, and we might not know who chose best until the convention ends. I'm Ramesh Panuru. For more view, please go to BloombergView.com or view Go on the Bloomberg Terminal.
0: This has been Bloomberg View.
4: Bloomberg View commentaries can be heard hourly weekdays here on Bloomberg Radio. Well, the political silly season is in full swing here in New York. We're just a few days away from the New York primary, and uh, Tom... One after another, the G- commercials on television.
2: What do we do until the conventions? Does Brett just
4: go play golf? Uh, <laughs> d- 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 Brett's uh, got golf. He's also got the Washington Capitals to follow. Are you as pessimistic about the Capitals' chances as everybody else in Washington?
5: No. Oh, come on. This is this is. I just went to the game last night. I think it it looks good.
4: I heard that uh, that it was quite loud, quite exciting. Um, It was great. Really into Tom thought it was boring. He watched it on TV. I watched the beginning
2: though, where it was hard checking, really great checking. I thought playoff hockey, nothing like
4: it. Indeed, Uh, you had a little bit of playoff hockey last night in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton and, uh, and and Bernie Sanders dropping the gloves.
5: No, they did. And, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders had to have that moment, uh, because you've had many debates where it seemed like he, he didn't get as confrontational as many thought he would be, uh, he did last night. And I, I think, You know, there is a sense in the Democratic race that the math just doesn't add up for him. But uh, he is still a factor, both in fundraising and in momentum and people supporting him. So if he doesn't get, you know, close the gap in some of these big races and doesn't win, he's still going to have a lot of power within the Democratic Party. And we'll see what he demands.
4: It will be interesting to see what happens on the podium in Cleveland when the Republicans finally settle on a nominee because um, they all seem to hate each other. Uh, Hillary and Bernie, uh, when the Democrats get together, are they going to put all this behind them? Because Sanders has brought a lot of young people into the political process this year. Is, is she going to be able to uh, lock up his supporters as well, or did they walk?
5: Well, I think it's going to be a challenge for her uh, across the board for all of his supporters. But on both sides, the unifying factor will be the opposing party's nominee. I mean, for Republicans, eventually you're going to get over the top. No matter who the nominee is, it says you can't have Hillary Clinton. And for Democrats, you're going to say there's no way Donald Trump or Ted Cruz can be president. And that'll be the unifying factor for both parties.
4: Well, the interesting thing on the Republican side is that there are an awful lot of Republicans who say they would rather have Hillary Clinton than Donald Trump.
5: I think that's true. I mean, I I don't think that that's a a myth. I think uh, there are some Republicans uh, who look at Donald Trump and don't and and literally are in the never Trump camp. I don't know if that changes once and if he is the nominee. Um, But, you know, we have a long way to get there.
2: Uh, Brett, uh, oh, six weeks ago or so, Susan Milligan in U.S. News with a terrific perspective. Will Americans elect a president? most of the country hates, with an apolitical sense, define, as you grind it out day-to-day on special report, negative ratings. Are Secretary Clinton's negative ratings different from Mr. Trump's negative ratings, different from Senator Kennedy of Massachusetts' negative ratings from another time and go?
5: Yeah, yeah. No, they're different. Uh, Hers are high. Hers are in the uh, high 50s, low 60s. His are higher in the high 60s, some polls have it at unfavorable at 70%. Um, and, and that is unprecedented. If you have Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton as the two major party nominees, you have a large percentage of the country that hates both of them. And um, that's, you know, you would think that would be ripe for a third party, but it doesn't seem like that's that's going to come to pass.
4: Brett Bayer is a host of Special Report on Fox News and, of course, Fox News Sunday here on Bloomberg Radio every Sunday. One of the things, Tom, that uh, analysts have suggested, and he, he, Donald Trump is extraordinarily far behind Hillary Clinton in the polls uh, and is universally considered by pollsters to um, probably lose in historic fashion in November if he is nominated. But one thing they say is a wild card that could change that is if there were some big terrorism uh, event that changed people's feelings about security in the United States. Scott Bolton is a director of business development and network relations at Aon Risk Solutions. And they have come out with a new terrorism and political violence risk map. So let's get the view from him on what the likelihood of something is between now and November. Scott is, uh, is there a real danger that there could be something big enough that it would impress Americans? Potentially.
0: I mean, the, the, the findings of the map are quite interesting in a, in a number of areas. One being, you know, clearly there's a lot of anxiety in you know, North America and in Europe as a result of the attacks over in France and Belgium. But, you know, realistically, while those were awful events, we're still um, one of the safest locations, one of the safest regions, if you like, in contrast, when you, certainly when you contrast this with the Middle East or North Africa or certainly some parts of Southern Asia.
4: Your map does show an uh, extraordinary number of terrorist incidents but they don't take place in europe or the united states in, in large part
0: well no but, but in terms of frequency in terms of the numbers of attacks the, the middle east um retains it's like the, the the top spot for that the middle east north africa um and then out into into southern asia are the from a, a terrorism perspective in terms of the the, the numbers of attacks those are um, far, far busier locations than North America or Europe. Yeah.
2: When we set up where we're going with all this, and, and I, I do think there's almost a fatigue within our shock of the new terror. What is the new terror? I mean, you guys, you guys are full-time pros at this. You're doing it 24-7. Yeah. I'm going to suggest Scott Bolton reacts to Brussels different than Mike McKee or Tom Keen. What's the new for you?
0: The, the, the new is, I suppose, the, the, the focus on mass casualty attacks, something from Islamic militants. I and, and, and the focus on the public in general, as the, 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 the as the, the focus for the attack itself. Generally, wherever you go in the world, terrorist group will will target the people that are fighting the counterinsurgency. So the police, the military, the government, the rule of law. I think um, the, what was illustrative of whether it was, you know, uh, the Brussels Airport attack, the Charlie Hebdo attack, the Bataclan attack, the San Bernardino attack, over in the States, was very much the focus is people, the 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 the, the desire to close with and engage the public, the West, rather than uh, attack, you know, the rule of law or attack um, attack infrastructure, which is often a uh, a focus for for terror groups.
4: Got about a minute left. How much should we worry in the United States? Uh, uh, are, are, we too, are we far enough away? Do we have better uh, security? Uh, are we in better shape than the rest of the world, or is anything still possible?
0: Uh, it, it, there's no such thing as zero risk. So while um, the U.S. Um, and its, its allies in, uh, in North America and in Europe and in other parts around the world, are, are, I suppose they display some of the um, homeland security, put it that way, l- looking to defeat and disrupt uh, terrorist plots, terrorist planning, uh, that all adage that you know, the terrorist only needs to get lucky once is what remains true. You know, we need to get lucky every time in order to right. maintain our, our safe and secure environments. Uh, and that one attack right. can have a, almost a disproportionate effect on people's perception of how they're exposed, companies' exactly. perception of how they're exposed. We need, our actions.
2: we need to get you on longer. Scott Bolton, thank you so much with Aeon as he looks 24-7 at the risks. It, 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 Mike, it's like Brussels happened yesterday. You know, I mean, I understand it was weeks ago. Yeah. And it literally feels like it happened yesterday. I mean, still the, the follow-on from it. Scott Bolton with Aeon. Uh, as well. Futures negative three down, futures negative 21. Uh, yields in by two basis points, 1.77 percent. Michael McKee and Tom Keen this Friday, another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance.